Greetings, listeners, and welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. I'm Bob Mitch, and I'm with a very good friend of mine who you might have seen at Gallifrey One or San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, this is the man behind Play on Facebook, Mr. Stefan Reese. Hello. So, you have heard the podcast. You know what is coming next, right? What's that? How did you get started in cosplay? Um, I, I would imagine this is kind of a similar story to a lot of people in that it was from Halloween, actually. Um, it was, uh, a few years ago, my wife and I decided to do, there was like my, the 10th Doctor was my first cosplay. And, um, and it was just on a lark. We decided to do it for, uh, for Halloween. And then she did her Dalek dress. Um, and her, her Dalek dress is mm. actually probably what got us into cosplaying seriously because there was so much positive reaction mm-hmm. to it. Like, oh yeah, no, it's like, a great dress. Yeah, we. I mean, you know, we both liked it. Obviously, um, she did. You know, m- all the fabric work, and I did most of the hardware stuff. So, like, the hat is me, and the the, the painting is me. But um, we were really pleasantly surprised with the amount of reaction. And then, so we were like, "Hey, well, I guess we're kind of good at this." And that's really satisfying when you. Um, uh, find out that you're good at something that you didn't really think that you would be good at, or just kind of we're taking a stab at in the dark and positive and, uh, reinforcement. Yeah, yeah, it was very very cool. So yeah, um, we just I think WonderCon was the first uh, uh, what WonderCon three or four years ago. We uh, was the first our first venture out, mm-hmm. and uh, as as ten and and uh, and her and the Dalek, and I think actually I think that was that was actually the year that you and I met too because we d- uh, I have a picture of us together mm-hmm. and and I didn't and we didn't really know each other there was like a group shot and I think later when we were here talking and oh, I was okay. like hey you know but it was me as um, as Rory mm-hmm. with the the um, impossible astronaut oh, Mark. Yeah, yeah yeah okay and uh, and yeah so I have a picture of you and I together before we actually like knew each other. I feel like this from, is a common thread with a lot of people in it through cosplay. I, I knew you before I knew you, but yeah, it's yeah. come or have a picture of you. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so, so okay, so this is probably Halloween 2011, because the first WonderCon here was 2012. Yeah. All right. So, that's right. So, wow, that's pretty recent. So you, you didn't do costume much when you were younger. Uh, I'm assuming Halloween, maybe, but... Um, okay. So I was a pretty sick kid. Mm. I had... Um, it was called bilateral pneumothorax. Uh, both my lungs collapsed from Ooh. from. I was born um, about two and a half months premature, mm-hmm. which is super premature. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so I was a, a really sick kid, and so I didn't like. I would get dressed up for Halloween and then stay inside, you know. Uh, so so there wasn't a lot of you know. I didn't I didn't costume a lot just because you know when I was a little real little kid because I mean I was so sick that I had to. Um, 
take, you know, go through preschool twice because oh, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't there enough. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, so, uh, so yeah, the, there wasn't really a lot of costuming when I was, when I was little, just cause mm. I was, you know, in the hospital a lot. But. Okay. Wow. All right. So, uh, so then what, well, what was the motivation for deciding, Hey, let's put together a, a 10 and a, and a dollar dress. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm well at, at we were watching, David Tennant's run at the time. Sure. Um, so, and that's sort of like, uh, whatever we're watching tends to like heavily influence, uh, what we, uh, what we're, uh, interested in cosplaying. Mm-hmm. Like we just recently ran through a huge chunk of Game of Thrones and suddenly I'm working on a Jamie Lannister. Nah, um, right. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, so we were doing, we were going through, um, Tennant's run at the time. And so, um, you know, it was just sort of a, that was what we were watching at the time and decided to give it a shot. And, um, actually I think your, I, I based my tenant, um, very heavily on your breakdown for him. Oh, good. Um, good. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I gotta, I gotta really go through and give all those, up uh, breakdowns and overhaul. And of course I had one for Capaldi. So yeah, but no, I'm glad, I'm glad those help. And, uh, the question I had was, uh, yeah, exactly. What was your approach? But if you followed that, so you, what did you get the Baron suit? Or? I did get the Baron suit. Okay. Yeah. Which is, is, which is great. Um, it has some fading issues mm-hmm. after, I mean, I, and honestly, I, um, I wear the top as like a regular, the, the jacket I'll right. wear as an accessory, mm-hmm. like almost every day when it's, you know, temperature, um, applicable. But, um, so the pants now are kind of a different color than the top, which with the coat, if I wear the coat over that, you tend to notice less, Right. but, um, but there is kind of an uneven fade right now, especially in photographs. You notice it with the, with the flash. Right, right. Um, so I'm actually going to be getting ready here to have Baron make me a new one. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, honestly, um, I, from the the few gap suits that I've seen, like Kevin's gap suit, right. um, even that one fades. And I know they made Tenant a lot, and that was you know one of the reasons they ultimately moved over to the blue suit is because mm-hmm. of you know how often they had to replace the brown sure, one because sure, um, right. it did fade. So um, so I I just don't think it's something I can avoid. I think just every couple of years I'm going to end up buying a new suit. But but Baron's very reasonable. So I like Baron a lot. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, exactly. Good price. Good product. And as long as you. Give him very good instruction there. And you know what? He, he has some of the best customer service out of any like long distance, um, long distance tailoring ever. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I got my first tenant suit, um, there was some, it was just stitched on the, the armholes were cut wrong or something mm-hmm. to the point where I couldn't raise my arms over right. my head. And I, and I just sent him a picture of me doing, you know, raising my arms and like, obviously like the whole suit was like raising over my head. Right, um, right. and, uh, and so he's like, Oh, you know, I don't know how that happened. Let me just send you a new one. And I think I got a new jacket, um, without even before even sending back the old one within like four days. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's, that's incredible for the, considering the amount of distance it covers. Uh, yeah, no, they have fast shipping. They have fast turnaround. I, I, I give a hearty thumbs up to Baron Absolutely. all the time. And yeah. yeah. Every, every time someone, uh, has what I call like the, the pre buy jitters, um, you know, about them because they saw a photo of something and they didn't like the look of it. I always have to calmly say it's all bespoke. It's all made to order. So you're not going to get, exactly what's there if you want something changed you want to ask for a different fabric or a different cut just ask them and they will probably do it yeah. so and, and you know when i'm doing 
bespoke stuff over the internet, um, a lot of times I will just factor in another hundred dollars, hundred and fifty dollars into local tailoring because mm-hmm. um, you know it's 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 hard based on you know having you know making some something for someone who's not there. It is, and so you know like. You know, the shoulders were a little boxy on my on my Baron suit, mm-hmm. and so I just I spent a little extra money on a local tailor getting the shoulders redone. And mm-hmm. you know, but that's that's all stuff that's very difficult to do when you don't have the body there. No, it's so. true. It's very true. Yeah, and I still think you know, all said and done, you know, the the jackets I have had made from them still turn out generally very good. The only complaint I really have comes from my own fault on one jacket. I gave him the wrong measurement on the sleeves. It's a little short. Luckily, no one calls me on it, but I know it's a little short. Mm-hmm. Those and, are always the worst. Those yeah. are those are worse. The problems where on, that only you notice mm-hmm. are worse than the ones that other people notice. Yeah, yeah, because they bug you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, there's always one person to show up like three years later to say, oh, by the way, did you know this is wrong? Yes, yes, <laughs> I know it's wrong. Thank you. Um, but you know, it's like, you don't want to be that person to point out your own flaws. Cause then that just comes across. Bad. You know what though? I do. Uh, so I, I will, I will jump like, okay. So this last WonderCon, mm-hmm. I forgot, we, I did the war doctor and I forgot my scarf. Oh, nice. And yeah. I was mortified. Like, cause I was, and it was so stupid too, because when we were leaving, I looked in the mirror and, and now I have a checklist, yeah, now, yeah. but, but I looked in the mirror and I'm like, why can I see so much of my neck? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, what am I missing? And it, the, for whatever reason, the scarf just didn't dawn on me and mm-hmm. we left, you know, and, uh, and it wasn't until we were taking pictures for like a nerdist photo shoot, actually, nice. where I go, I turn, I'm like, oh my God, it's my scarf. I don't have my scarf. And I just started panicking and then just out of like, not wanting anyone to call me on it. Mm. Everyone I talked to, I was like, yeah, this is my war doctor. Oh, I don't have my scarf. Like I brought it up myself because mm-hmm. I didn't want them to call me out on it because I was so mortified. I see. Cause you know, I get really, you know, way more emotionally invested in this than I often, you know, than I really should. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I jumped at the chance to tell people what I had done wrong. Right. Right. Well, uh- <laughs> I, I know they're your little darlings. You want to protect them, yeah. Um, when they're out in the wild, uh, one part of it was just like, "Don't judge me. I know I don't have my scarf." You know? Right, right, right. right. Uh, but I want to talk about the Dalek dress now. Was that uh, commissioned or was that made? That's all made. Heather mm-hmm. made. You know, and and bless her heart, she doesn't use patterns. So she that that was just that was all done with you know making a the the base prototype and then trying it on and then tweaking it and trying it on and tweaking it and trying it on and so and that's why she, a lot of times she doesn't she's done a couple commissions like she did uh Linda Lee's Dalek dress and right. the, um but um she generally doesn't do commissions because she doesn't use patterns mm-hmm. and so it's really di- again you know as difficult it is to you know make something for someone when they're not there mm-hmm. um even more so if you're not using a pattern right right um but um but but yeah, it was all it was all done um, hand done with her, and then the 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 helmet is uh, is all mostly found object. So like, and I've made a couple of those helmets too, and um, they're all a little bit different, and I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually I'll I'll have the whoever's whoever I'm making it for like choose their own bowl and then bring that to me, or like whatever they're gonna use for the helmet. Like uh, Lindley's is a T-ball helmet, right? Um, but and like Heather's was a was a. Uh, a bowl from the dollar store or whatever. And so they, they just make, gives them a little bit more character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the, the eye stock is a, a piece of PVC and a book light and a shower head from Home Depot. 
Um, and so I do have a good, no, a good stock it. of shower heads in it. Cause so like, I'm a, I'm a terrible electrician. Like I haven't like, so I don't fabricate things. Like mm. I'm always so envious of these people who like can like, um, like do all like the hand, uh, you know, the hand, hand wired LEDs and stuff like that. And mm. like the really intricate controlled LEDs and stuff. I don't do any of that. I rip things apart. And mm. so like, so my, the, her Dalek eye stock is the lights from that is, is a book light that uh that they have pretty regularly at the 99 cent store and so i have a, a bag of those and uh, but yeah that's all it's all found object and um all the balls or something every row of balls so like one thing that's different that makes her dress stand out that i love is the the, the rows each row of the of her uh i guess dalekanium orbs right um are a different or something different uh-huh. like so like the top row is um juggling balls and then another one is christmas ornaments and another one are half of these like sphere bowls we found at party city and and they go they go down and as they go down they get larger uh-huh. and so it get, uh-huh. and a lot so like most people um will do the same size orbs going yeah. down but since it's a dress and it gets larger it looks kind of odd that you know you, you start because the seams on each of the sections will then get further apart from right. the from the right, from right. the orbs mm-hmm. and um, and you don't get you know, as nice of a look as you do when when they're they look consistent even though they aren't because because of the slope the slope it's of all the, about the, the seam proportion mm-hmm. yeah but then yeah and then underneath is just a hoop skirt that we made out of pvc but no it's it's very nice now uh I guess the the other question I have is why did she want to do a Dalek instead of uh, traditionally a companion? Um, I think it was because it's such a versatile costume that mm-hmm. no matter what I do, the Dalek matches, mm-hmm. and that works well too because she's not she's not a big classic mm-hmm. girl either. So um, like when I do my classic cosplays, like my five or my four or something like that, she will um, she'll wear the Dalek because it it kind of matches you know obviously it's her dress is technically a tenant aerodolic right but but for to the outward observer nobody thinks about that mm-hmm. um so um so it's a good pairing when i do just about anything else because we almost co- we almost always cosplay together so sure and you want to coordinate so makes sense yeah. so uh i mean we'll we'll dive into some of the other doctors here in a second but uh what i want to ask is is uh w- well who is your doctor Tenet. Ten- so, which which is not my first doctor. Uh, technically, I, I watched um, uh, Tom Baker with my dad when I was a little little kid on PBS, mm-hmm. and um, and I have very distinct. Mem- In fact, I don't have a lot of childhood memories, but some of the distinct memories I do have are me and my dad watching Doctor Who on on PBS when I was a kid. Very cool. But uh, but then you know in my adult it. it my adult uh, Doctor Who career, quote unquote, um, the tenant was my my primary doctor. Now, did you you had seen Eccleston or no? Um, so my wife started watching Eccleston, and I wasn't really on board with the mm-hmm. show at that point. I was like, eh, it's okay. And then, like, I think what I said, I think Empty Child was the first um, Eccleston mm-hmm. episode I saw, and so then I I started, I think, on Empty Child with her, and and then went into into the tenant run and then we just watched it all the way through but yeah we um we started watching then i think we started watching the new stuff um while we were waiting for matt matt smith to start gotcha so it was that so if he's your doctor i assume this is your favorite doctor costume Mm. 
No, actually. Um, okay. just, just because it's so ridiculous and I love the celery. Um, my fifth doctor is probably my favorite costume. Because of the beige? Um, yeah, well, I, 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 it's just kind of outlandish. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I just like that. And, and so another thing that I really like is that, um, while my other doctor's costumes get, oh, you know, positive, you know, certainly positive reaction, um, I get really, for whatever reason, I get really heartfelt feedback from the people who grow up with Davison because mm-hmm. I don't think they see a lot of the fifth doctor. And you know, obviously, like someone like you and me or someone who does a lot of conventions, I mean, mm-hmm. you see your fair, fair share of fives, mm-hmm. but like, like we did, um, we did Renfair recently and heather and i did well she went as uh, the moment interface and carried around the moment mm-hmm. but um but i was wearing my davison and i like like would get these older older people coming up and you know, like laying hands on me and going you know stopping me in my tracks going like oh my god i can't believe it you know this was my doctor he means so much to me you know and just, just completely just like melting over seeing davison and so so that's that's another reason why i really like wearing it is that i get I get very um, heartfelt feedback when the, I the, when I the quality of the reaction is, yeah. is what makes it worth it. Yeah, I completely understand that. Um, well, then let's let's stop and talk five. Um, you know, I I have a pretty good idea of how that came together, but for the listeners, how did your fifth doctor come together? Um, well, it's a it's a Steve Ricks coat. Mm-hmm. Um, I did buy the the Hello Cosplay coat first. Or that's co- right hell yes. cosplay cosplay sky i'm not even sure are they a separate company i don't even they they have so much of the same stock i just sort of assumed that i, I always suspected that they might be like the same factory but like two different Yeah, because you are going to get the exact same coat if yeah. you order from either of those two websites yeah I, I believe it's the the modern evolution of honest dragon china or something yeah. uh, but anyway yeah but, and i remember we did a comparison yeah and they're very mm-hmm. they're very hit and miss with their coats like mm-hmm. the season 17 tom baker coat they do is is pretty good mm-hmm. i mean outside of getting something from steve or something like that but um the uh the five coat is just, was just not good and um and what it, and what did it was well for those five? curious who i mean I, i'll put a link to our coat comparison we did uh that shows an early steve ricks against the cosplay sky coat but what specifically do you feel it, it you know how did it undershoot the mark it was really boxy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was not. I mean, like one thing that the, the none of the um, cosplay sky or hello cosplay coats do is the fiddlebacks. They mm-hmm. don't do that. It's just like it's very square paneling, and so it kind of fits you like a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Um, the the um, the material they were using is it was almost like a lab coat. Like a very, yeah. it had a synthetic feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not only that, but the the bias tape they used was the wrong color. It was like flaming orange. Yeah. And um I remember. And uh and I got as far as un yeah, as taking off the bias tape from because I was just gonna replace the bias tape and then use that for, you know, as my interim coat. Um and uh it was just so much work just getting that old bias tape off mm-hmm. that putting new bias tape on at that point, like my fingers were bleeding <laughs> and I was just like, This is too much work. So Actually, what how that five came together is that I was trying to get um, a ten coat through Steve. Oh right! And I had paid him in full because I'm like, first of all, money burns a hole in my pocket. Like, mm-hmm. there's no tomorrow, mm-hmm. and so, and I just, I, and I also hate owing people anything. And mm-hmm. so, if I can pay you in full, if you will mm-hmm. allow me to pay you in full, I mm-hmm. will do that. Um, and so, I had paid him for a ten coat 
in full. And he um, came back to me, and this was at a period, you know, I'm not sure if it's still the case, but he was having trouble getting supply for the fabric that he was using for the tent coat. And so he said, rather than me sitting on this money for an you know indefinite amount of time, mm-hmm. um, why don't we do, you know, you pick another doctor and we'll do something else. So I ended up doing, I wanted, you know, this was shortly after the, the fiasco with the bias tape. Yeah, so so I, um, so I decided to go with five. Nice. Yeah. So that was actually my first, my first two. He also did my, the trousers for my five too. Yep. Yeah. But, um, uh, no, he, he did a very good job on the, uh, the fabric for that. I uh, did my trousers as well. And the sweater is, is uh, from your run. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. The, the leftovers, I think, right? So, yep. yep, you jumped in right, right when the last ones were going. Yeah. You know, I, I tend to, I tend to do that, right? Is like, I will buy an accessory just because it's, it's cause it's the same thing. Like, I'm working on a seven now because mm-hmm. I happened to buy that sweater from you. That's right. Like, I you happen you. to have an extra one. And, uh, and I hadn't really thought of, doing a seven um just because i don't know I, I get weird about like when i don't feel that it's age appropriate mm-hmm. like like i don't i don't consider hartnell and and you know because like i just don't feel like i could pull that off yet sure. like mm-hmm. i'll try a hartnell in 20 years mm-hmm. you know but i just don't you know and i teach their own you know but uh but i just don't i you know and and um and sylvester's kind of on the cusp for me too but mm-hmm. but um but yeah uh you you had an extra one and i was like uh okay and I and I picked it up, and then that was like so. Now I'm putting together a, a Sylvester McCoy. Nice. Well, hey, uh, uh, Seven's one of my favorite doctors, so um, thumbs up for me. Uh, but um, did you you didn't do the hat right for the Fifth Doctor? No. And then no, I turned out to do a hat, and 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 that's the hats and wigs. I know that you and I, you know, I know we just have, have wigs, fist fights, but have I, fist fights over wigs. But I thought uh, I thought you'd at least do the hat because the hat's a nice sort of medium on mm. that yeah no no well just because i mean he he is without the hat so often mm-hmm. that you know it's it's one of those things kind of like you can do a tenant without an overcoat mm-hmm. you know because he so often ran around without one mm-hmm. um you know it's not like it's not like it's like trying to do an eccleston without a jacket or something like uh, that. yeah like, you yeah. know it's it's not it's not the hat's just not as integral an accessory sure. as that sure it's not like a four scarf or something like that and uh what, what did you do for the uh shoes uh for Davison. Davison. Um I I had gotten these these really nice leather sneakers. They weren't Converse, they were mm-hmm. some other brand, but um and then we went to London for the fiftieth and when we came back, both my uh my fourth doctor brogues and my um fifth doctor sneakers were not in my luggage when we came back. Oh. Thank God Everything else was, but there were two pairs of shoes were missing from. Oh, and my ten sneakers, three pair, three pairs of shoes. My ten sneakers. So basically, someone decided we're gonna take these shoes. Yeah, they stole my shoes. Holy crap! Yeah. Wow. But uh, there were, but you know, there was. Thank God, you know, they didn't know the thief didn't know what they were looking at because mm-hmm. there was like my Alex Murphy fourth scarf was mm-hmm. in there. Like there were definitely more valuable pieces in that luggage that they could have taken. But yeah, God. rather than the you know like the brogues I got off eBay for twenty dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. So hmm. let's uh, let's continue down the classic path. Fourth okay. Doctor. I love my Fourth Doctor. That is quickly becoming one of my favorite. Um, and, and you know, it, it was one of those. Probably, 
I was surprised because you look at the the season 17 floor and Mm -hmm. one of the original reasons why I was so drawn to it is because I felt that it was going to be one of the easier costumes to do, Mm -hmm. i.e. less expensive costumes to do. Mm -hmm. And that never really works out. Like, you know, the fifth doctor is one of my, one of my most expensive to date. Um, and you wouldn't look at the fifth doctor and go, okay, you know, like this is going to be a lot of money. But then when you, you start, you know, talking about, you know, Rick's coats and, and, um, you know, custom run sweaters and all that kind of stuff. Like it adds up to being a really expensive cosplay. Yeah. It's one of those things where you can, you can do a passable five, um, for very cheap. You could, you know, dye a lab coat and, mm-hmm. you know, and you could thrift store it and have a, a, a perfectly passable, you know, recognizable fifth doctor. Yeah. But I tend not to go that route in mm-hmm. my cosplay. And um, the more you dial it in, the higher the price tag gets. Yeah. I know very well. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and my, um, my my fourth is first of all, you know, hats off to Alex Murphy. He's you know hands down, in my opinion, one of the best scarf knitters on the planet, mm-hmm. and uh, and that doesn't uh, that doesn't exclude the this fourth scarf. I have the the season seventeen you know double length four scarf, and that kid agonized over like over the joins and he like hand dyed yarn with coffee because it wasn't quite the right brown Mm -hmm. and uh and he reproduced a bleach stain that was on it and uh and and weathered what the the end of the the scarf that that tom baker regularly stepped on Mm -hmm. like i mean he his 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 attention to detail is absolutely exquisite so if you are looking for a scarf that is you know, very dialed in. And again, we talked about dialed in, it's going to be more expensive, uh, but you're not going to get a, a more accurate scarf from anyone else. If you... it, it is a gorgeous scarf. And, uh, and I, I speak well of handling many a scarf. So yes, big, uh, big thumbs up for me. Alex did knocked it out of the park. And the, uh, and the, I just recently, I had been using the, the hello cosplay, um, season 17 coat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it, it's fun. You know, it's one of those ones, like I said, that they're very hit and miss. Um, their, their 10 coats are very good. In fact, their 10 coats are far better than the Abbey shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and that's not that high a bar cause that Abbey shot 10 isn't very good, but, um, but, no uh, comment. yeah, I'm going to say no comment. Yeah. But, um, but their um, their season seventeen uh, Baker frock is actually really good, and uh, so I was using that for for a while until I recently uh, replaced it with the Steve Ricks coat. Cool. Yeah. No. It's uh, having just tried it on. It's uh, it's a beautiful piece of work. Steve did mine, and it's you're not going to do better on that coat than getting Steve's. Granted, again, it's hefty price tag but you get what you pay for sure. i love the lapels on that coat that's yeah. like my favorite thing ever is the, the gigantic bat wing lapels mm-hmm. it's but it's the kind of coat you can pretty much like just pull off in everyday wear i think sure yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of that kind of vibe to it um and then uh, i know i helped you with the fabric for the trousers and the uh thank you yeah you got one of our vests didn't you mm-hmm. the, yeah okay yeah. And, the, and the lapel pin mm-hmm. ah supplying doctor who cosplayers um, so do you find that, uh, you get the same level of reaction as the fourth doctor? As Strangely, no, because I, well, I guess not so strange, probably because it's more common. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and it, you know, I think people tend to, since the scarf is such an iconic, noticeable piece, um, I think people tend to notice a well done four versus like a, you know, moderately well done four. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think 
the everyman look, you know, can can spot or can is easily appreciate or spot the 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 quality of a, of a lot of the four costumes mm-hmm. because they're so like stricken by the scarf. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like um, it's it's one of those it's one of those costumes where definitely if you if you really like go the extra mile and and knock the scarf out of the park, it doesn't really matter what else you're wearing. Right. Um. And 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 yeah. It's as far as the the classic doctors when when you think of classic Doctor Who, I think. Tom is probably your most commonly thought mm-hmm. of doctor, and so, um, so yeah, and because like they don't do a lot of like official merchandising for the for the fifth doctor, like you can't go buy you know officially licensed celery or anything like that yet. No, not really. Um, Sonic, and so yeah, but um, but you know, and you know, the scarf is is pretty pretty uh, well circulated, you know, an official mm-hmm. product, and so I just I don't think people see the. Davison stuff as much as as the fourth doctor so yeah no I, I can see that uh, so let's let's move up the um, I'm gonna swing around now and talk war doctor okay I love my war doctor um, I'm probably gonna have to pick your brain to do a war doctor break you know what's funny is that it's it's one of my it's one of my I probably get the most reaction mm-hmm. I like you know, gobstruck reaction from people um, from my war doctor um, and it's funny because that's all almost all like found stuff mm-hmm. like um, well actually now I have a a, a bespoke um, vest um, that I don't want to talk about <laughs> it's a, it, it, the situation did not go well and I will neither bad mouth nor recommend the tailor that made it so I don't really... I'll, I'll say it was it's one of the usual overseas suspects and yeah. leave it at that for the time um, being I had to fix it myself mm-hmm. um, a lot it ended up being that vest ended up being um, well missing the lapels and about six inches too short. Mm-hmm. No, I which remember. Is ridiculous. It looked yeah. like a halter top, and uh, but anyway, so uh, so I ended up. I added I added fabric to the top, and you can't tell when I have the coat on it. Um, the bandolier. Uh, it was the the base for it was a was found object, or rather, you know, I bought it off eBay, mm-hmm. and then added the um, cut up a leather belt and and used the leather shoelaces and and um, stitched on the the armor guards or whatever they are, the, the pieces of leather that go over the bandolier. Right, right. Um, the coat is an extremely weathered and I've, I've agonized over that weathering, um, with plus the, you know, the coat was something that I, I really obsessed over, um, mm-hmm. because I knew, so I was at, I'm, I'm sorry for jumping around here, but I was at the, um, the experience in Cardiff, when they were putting that costume on the mannequin. Mm. And so I was really able to get close to that costume. And, and I know that coat better than anyone. And it's, and it's like a 1930s vintage. Uh. And so I knew the likelihood of me finding that coat was slim to none, but mm. I agonized sure. over a lot. And it's still not perfect. I still, I, there's still some, points on my coat that I'm, I'm not happy with but I probably looked at like a thousand coats and that's really not exaggerating I, I didn't pull the trigger on a coat 
for the war doctor for months, uh, you know, until I was, you know, reasonably satisfied with, um, the coat and the pockets, the orientation of the pockets are very particular. Um, it's very, there's very few panels mm. in that coat. It's, it's practically one piece of leather. It's mm. not obviously, but it's very few pieces of leather. Mm. Um, and the lapels are really large and, um, and it was difficult to find, um, to, to get the sizing right because, um, that the coat that, um, that John Hurt wears is way too big for him. He's, right. He swims in that thing. Mm -hmm. So even just figuring out, you know, what the proper size should be, you know, I, I think my coat's like a double XL and I'm nowhere near a double XL, right. but that was, so, you know, to, to get as accurate as possible. So you, in this case, you don't want your usual size. You want to go up. No, you want to go one or two sizes. Yeah. You want right. to, if, if you really, you know, it's going to look ridiculous, but if you looked, if you look at the war doctor, that coat is ridiculously large on him. That's true. Um, so, uh, so yeah, if, if you want an accurately fitting coat, you want to go way oversized. Now, uh, theory time. Uh, I remember when they first showed uh, location pictures with John Hurt in that in that getup, and everyone wondered because at first glance it looks very similar to the Eccleston jacket. It is nowhere near the Eccleston jacket. But I know it's not. Having yeah. really looked at it, I know that they are two different jackets. Yeah. Do you think that was intentional, that sort of connection? Because, I mean, in a vague sense, there are these leather, double-breasted, big lapels. Do you think that was intentional? Not literally saying that they're the same jacket, which a lot of people thought initially. Yeah. Um, you know, i.e. that Eccleston kept the same jacket that the War Doctor, which I don't, I don't think so either. But mm. do you think that was an intentional... <clears throat> evocation so to speak um probably a little bit of nod just just like i think maybe putting the waistcoat on him was mm. a nod to eight you know mm. like a, but um you know the 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 a little bit of the before and a little bit of the after mm. um but um yeah i don't i mean i think they were just going through and because a lot of his stuff is like military issue and i think that i think that was a, when designing that costume i think that was the they were just going for the grizzled war vet, mm -hmm. you know, and so like his spats are, are very close to World War II military spats and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and he's, and he's wearing very, you know, very big clunky combat boots. And, uh, so yeah, I think they were just going, you know, and a bandolier for Crest Six. Yeah, um, yeah. so I think they were just going for grizzled war vet. Sure. And while that's not the U-boat captain, um, coat, that's, you know, it is very military issue-esque. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, the the manufacturer of that coat um, did do uh, World War II military stuff too. So, hmm. um, but the coat you ended up with wasn't it like vintage seventies? No, that the the one that I is actually a very contemporary Tommy Hilfiger coat. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> but it's just it, and you wouldn't recognize it. In fact, if you go to uh, Galloplay.com or our Facebook page, which is it points to the same thing. Um, you can see pictures before and afters of that coat after mm. I've just put it to task in weathering, both in, I mean, soaking in acetone, driving it through the streets, um, <laughs> you know, uh, sand, you know, a belt sander, um, what else did I do? Uh, oh, and paint weathering. Like I, I faked a lot of the weathering on it mm -hmm. too, but like you wouldn't recognize. In fact, the the coat now reads as a brown coat, mm -hmm. um, but it's actually black. And it's the same thing with the screen-used coat. Um, it's actually a black coat, and uh, it just reads as brown. 
Um, Very rusty brands. Yeah. Called, yeah. Same thing with like the jeans he wears are actually blue jeans, mm-hmm. but they're just really dusty and they, they bake him in like orange light throughout that whole episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so just everything. That's why like I wear brown. So with, with the war doctor, I decided to kind of go, rather than going true color, I went with how the audience perceives mm-hmm. him. And so, um, so despite that I wear intentionally wear tan jeans, um, for the war doctor because his pants are so brown, mm-hmm. you know, so dirty, but, um, but they're actually blue jeans. So the same thing with, I almost actually went with a brown coat, mm-hmm. um, because it looks so brown, but I was able to make that up in, uh, in weathering. So mm-hmm. same thing with Heather's moment in her face. Um, she dies the, almost the entire thing is died in coffee, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they didn't do that for it. It's, it is, if you look at the moment dress, um, on the mannequin, um, it's, it's white, it's pretty white, but, um, but we dye it in coffee almost before almost every time she wears it because, um, of how brown it looks in, in all the, in all the stills. And, and Wait, you have to keep re-dyeing it in coffee? Yeah, because every time you wash it. It uh, tends to lighten up a little bit. Mm-hmm. My my war doctor, the under the collared undershirt, I actually dye in coffee as well, mm-hmm. um, and that um, that I have to re dye every once in a while because it just kind of washes out. Sure, sure. No, no, no the, the the power of tea and coffee dyeing. Yeah. Yeah. Simple, simple, but uh, very effective. Yeah, except for that you smell like coffee. Right. True. True. But it's and I don't know. Does does caffeine seep through your pores? Because I imagine like <laughs> if you sweat a lot and you're drenched in coffee, well, like you. A good point. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I am not. That can be a new cosplay sciencey. trick if you have to, you know, get up early for a, a line. You know, just, yeah, just wrap a little coffee around your neck. For sure. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, so the uh, well, the scarf. I know because I had like a makeshift scarf from the Doctor Games we shot, which was basically just a semi-okay found item. But you, you kind of went all out. Isn't there an official one coming out soon? Um, um, not official. Magnolia just recently. That's right. Made okay. one, and I actually bought one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's recently I. If you've seen me before, I haven't worn it out publicly yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but uh, so if you've seen me before this podcast, then there would have been the um, the the like found fabric. It was it, it was like a vintage fabric. Some uh, this woman on eBay was selling. Her mother had passed away and mm-hmm. had you know was a seamstress and had tons of fabric. And so it was like vintage you know sixties fabric, seventies fabric. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was it was pretty pretty close mm-hmm. to the War Doctor scarf. At mm-hmm. least at least good enough for people's memories since they only saw him in one episode. Right, right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I wore that scarf for a long time and actually I like the feel of it better mm-hmm. than the, the Magnolia um, scarf is, it's, I think it's like sock knit or like it's, it's, it's machine knit mm-hmm. and, um, and it feels machine knit. But, um, so I did do kind of like my organic, you know, good enough scarf. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I did end up upgrading cause he really, you know, hats off to him. He really did nail that pattern. Oh, cool. That'd be good to know. Yeah, I, I find for accessories like ties and, and scarves and even some shirts. Yeah, I, I uh, own all his tenant ties. Yeah, and, yeah. Magna- Mag- then, yeah, that's where Magnolia excels, and I'm, I'm all for giving him the thumbs up. But, um, uh, oh, it, it, I thought out of everything with the War Doctor, the only real, like, sort of found off the shelf item is the boots, right? You mean stuff that they ID'd? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were the um, high-tech mm-hmm. boots. Um, and actually, the ones that I have are the same boot, but a different year. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine are steel-toe, and his aren't steel-toe. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those things where I needed it in by a certain time, and uh, 
I happen to be able to find those boots and not the other ones. So oh. occasionally I find the and the uh, they're they're cat boots. The um caterpillar um the uh, the jack harkness oh, right jack harkness occasionally yeah. i run across a pair of those but they're never in my size they're mm. like eights and i'm like who wears an eight yeah <laughs> who wears eights <laughs> what uh now do they go for good money or do people yeah those things go for pretty some pretty good money really yeah yeah i always wonder about that if uh, people know what they have well i guess it all depends also how used it is and so forth but sure. yeah if it's like dead stock maybe but on the other hand it's eight come on yeah, it's, it always depends on uh it always depends on whether or not they know what they have. Mm-hmm. I may have seen that. I, I watched a lot of tenant ties on, on eBay. Oh, and, right. yeah. and those prices will will vary drastically depending on whether or not the vendor knows that mm-hmm. that's what it is. In fact, I've seen vendors change their prices when they discovered uh-huh. that, that it was a Doctor Who tie. Yep, yep. Um, yep. The bidding wars and the tenant ties. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Whee! This is why I'm glad I like 10, but I, I don't need to go the full mile in it. Now, obviously, anytime there's a, an authentic Herbert Johnson Tom Baker hat, I kind of freak out. And, of course, luckily, they're never in my size. So I've never got to go crazy on money there. Yeah, but yeah. And, um, and it's getting it's getting more expensive because, like, gone are the days of, you know, of the doctor shopping at Top Man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, like, really high-end boutiques now. And, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the, a lot of the like, River Song stuff and the Matt Smith stuff and, and, uh, and even some of the Rose stuff. Oh, and certainly... Well, the Rose's stuff is always... Well, yeah, but even, but, like, the, um, her moment dress mm-hmm. that moment dress was like ridiculously expensive and those boots were ridiculously expensive like something like 200 pounds um at retail mm-hmm. so like so, so those yeah. got id'd and yeah okay. yeah yeah like heather heather's boots are screen used her dress is screen used mm-hmm. i mean not screen used but screen accurate um and uh, she's still trying to source the vest but again the vest was another one of those things where it, it was like 300 pounds or something ridiculous mm-hmm. at retail mm-hmm. and so i mean it's just a, and capaldi i mean it, you know the crombie coat's ridiculous at retail and so well it's just, but it's not a crombie crombie yeah i mean you know what i mean like it's yeah. just like all these pieces are now you know it was it was it used to be where these costume pieces were expensive because of the markup that we put on them mm-hmm. um now they're expensive absorbently expensive because they started out expensive at retail and then we put a markup on them there um, there was a precedent that, for this though with some of the some of the rose stuff so i remember some of the donna coats were like this uh, you're right not so much for the doctor depends on what you're looking at because let's face it if you knew it at the time for 10 it was gap trousers hardly anything's going to break the bank except you have to buy sure. a bunch of them rose was you a know. lot of like urban outfitters and stuff yeah the initial that. stuff yeah. right yeah and uh right the the topman um Topman trousers for Matt Smith initially. Even the Paul and Smith shirt, which was Eccleston, kind of pricey. The, I mean, the Eccleston coat was military issue, right? Uh, yeah, so basically, if you want to go authentic, you're just finding a vintage coat. Now, granted, you're fighting World War II collectors, so it's still money, but... Um, no, but the Carhartt pants, they weren't that expensive. Timberland boots, whatever. You know, the sweater, if you go crazy and get a Smedley or a, a Armani, sure, it's going to be a bit expensive, but there's so many good close enough to care, so... Yeah, but you're right with uh, with Capaldi. I've been going through this because I went and I did the stupid thing, or I should say the really passionate thing. <laughs> passionate. You did thing. the passionate thing. I did the passionate thing, and I got the sweater and the trousers and the sure. boots, and I'm amazed how much. And I'm a I, I have the best close enough coat you can get without getting it custom made, and even that's still all that together. I mean, God, I'm looking at it going. This shouldn't. There is a very cheap way you can put together that costume. I sure. I looked into all the alternates. 
And I yeah, I still went for the expensive stuff. Because, <laughs> Knowing it. Well, Knowing, it's because yeah. you know if it's right there, you might as well get it because you're not going to... That window of opportunity is finite. Well, know? it's like... Well, and it's like I did... I did... Because I'm, I'm the same way. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I recently got that... Um, the day the Dr. Eleven vest made... Or waistcoat, I'm sorry. Um, made out of the screen-accurate right. fabric. Mm-hmm. And I could have gone with a black waistcoat and mm-hmm. no one would have bothered... To, I mean, like, very few people even know that fabric has texture on it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but I... Spent a lot of money getting the the, the screen accurate fabric, despite mm-hmm. the fact that I knew that that this would be you know that that um, any other fabric would be passable, and I I did it anyway. Yep. Um, and it's. <sighs> yeah, I know. It's we love it. And we hate it. Yeah. Love hate. Love hate. Um, so, uh, uh, what has been your singular best experience in costume? Um. Probably, yeah, it's probably my, the Graham Norton appearance was probably my favorite experience, even though I don't actually technically remember a lot of it. Oh my goodness. I will, uh, I'll post a link to this, but you tell what you do remember. Um, okay, so basically what happened is, is we Heather and I were already going to London for the 50th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, the Graham Norton show had put out a tweet saying... You know, we're looking for Whovians to ask questions for the doctor. And obviously we thought that this was going to be something done via satellite, mm-hmm. right? Like, or, the, you know, like that we were just going to, you know, phone him in and they were going to ask him on air or something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, they, uh, they, the, then they, they followed up with an email. So, so we, I think I, I ended up asking a question about the Zygons. Oh, whether or not Rose was going to, because we, this was at, right after the 50th trailer had been put out Mm -hmm. and so i was curious as to whether or not rose because they had shown they had shown billy piper and i was curious if rose was going to have you know be a zygon since Mm -hmm. they had also shown the zygons and that was my question and i sent that off and they go you know we really like your question um and actually this is something that we are going to do for the red chair segment which if if you it's a fan segment on the graham norton show on on camera um and, and they're like, so if, you know, if you're going to be in the area, then great. And if not, well, whatever. And I'm like, well, actually we are, we're going to be out there for the, the 50th. Um, and then I started shoehorning things in. Cause it, so I, I have this mantra of, you don't know what you can get until you ask. Sure. And so I will shoehorn things in when I get the opportunity. So, um, I'm like, yeah, we're actually, we're going to be in London at the time. By the way, my wife, uh, my wife and I are cosplayers. And, uh, and we'd be happy to cosplay on the show if you want. And so I sent a picture of Heather and I in, ten, in the 10 and the Dalek dress. Mm-hmm. And they freaked out over the Dalek dress. Sure. Um, but in that same email, I'd also um, mentioned my tattoo project mm-hmm. um, where I'm, I, have, I have, for those uninitiated, I have uh, the TARDIS on my left arm and I've been going, um, traveling around getting the, the doctors to sign my arm and having them, uh, you know, the signatures added into the tattoo and I was missing David and I had actually already gotten Matt and he was actually the first signature that I got in San Diego and um and so I was like oh by the way I have this um this tattoo project I'm working on I sent pictures and and I was like it would be really cool if I get you know it doesn't happen to have ha- doesn't have to happen on camera or anything like that um and uh, but it would be really cool it would take five seconds of his time and I would really like it if I could get David to sign my arm because actually the tattoo was actually designed for David's signature because when I w- before I got Matt 
the plan was to just do David and Billy. Mm -hmm. And then I just on a lark happened to be able to get Matt in the lobby of a hotel. And, uh, and so I was like, well, now I have to get everybody. Uh, And um, Uh so, so Matt, if you're listening, this is your fault. (laughs) Um, And uh, so, yeah, so we, um, you know, they were very, you know, rightly so. They were very noncommittal. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, we're definitely, we definitely want you on the show for the red chair segment. We love your wife's Dalek dress, which by the way, traveling internationally with a giant hoop dress that looks like a Dalek is very difficult. Yeah. Um, I can imagine. And, uh, strangely enough, the girl in, in customs on the way in didn't know what it was. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? You're really? You don't mm-hmm. know what a Dalek is? You're mm-hmm. from whatever, whatever. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so we we showed up at, and even even when we were there, like we were sitting in the audience waiting for the red church segment to go and back, and, and we didn't know whether or not it was going to happen. And then a lot of people have just watched the clip of of Heather and I um, on that show, but if you watch the the whole episode at the top of the hour, they had um, they also had uh, Robbie Williams, the singer, mm-hmm. on that show. And they had done this like Skype. They do a lot of Skype stuff, like they'll Skype fans or whatever on the Graham Norton show. Right. And they had Skyped this fan that Robbie had signed the butt of. Oh. And then had, she had it tattooed over. Mm-hmm. And, and I looked at Heather and I'm like, this would be a really good, like, bookending my signature would be really good. Um, this would be, you know, so, so, so at that point I was, uh, I was very optimistic that it was mm-hmm. going to happen, but they, I still didn't know. Um, so then they lined us up for this red chair thing, mm-hmm. right? And, and one by one we were, we were going to go. And, um, it was, there were two other people, or three, two or three other people, then my wife, and then maybe five or six other people, and then me in this line. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they got to, they did my wife, and then they got a couple more people down, and then Graham said, okay, well, we'll take one more. Mm-hmm. And this was like, there was probably like six people in front of me, and like, uh-huh. oh, great, this isn't going to happen. And so then... When I heard, you know, so I was a little crestfallen. And then the, one of the producers comes and runs up to the line, grabs me by the wrist and says, you're next. And she pulls me to the front of the line. Oh. Um, and so she looks at me, she's like, look, we know you want to do this. And we, we know you want the signature. That's awesome. Um, but he can do whatever he wants. Mm. So you make sure <laughs> that you get him to talk about the tattoo, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's why if you, if you watch that clip, I'm very hurried uh-huh. when he's, when I introduce myself, I'm like, hi, my name is Stephen Reese. I'm from Los Angeles. Like I just like barrel right into it. Like I'm practically taking off my coat as I'm sitting down to show mm-hmm. this thing. And, um, and it was just to, to make absolutely sure I was like, I was like, I am not gonna, I am not gonna, you know, miss this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so, so then, so I remember all that, all that is, is a firm memory in my Mm -hmm. head. Um, where I black out, (laughs) um, is because I don't get, you know, I, I've spent a number of years working in the entertainment industry. I don't Mm -hmm. get starstruck. I do get stage fright. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking because a lot of times they'll have because the red chair is actually off stage and um and but it's close enough that you can walk back and forth and so um a lot of times what they'll do if you watch the show is they'll send whoever the star is Mm -hmm. on the couch back to the red chair and like and interact with the fan there Uh and so i thought like okay if this is going to happen that he'll send david to the red chair Mm -hmm. and and then sign me but he didn't do that. He had me come up on stage. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and that's as, like, it's, it's like a light switch. Like, as soon as I heard him say, come up on stage, 
that's it. I don't, I, I, I remember flashes because mm-hmm. I was just so, I was concentrating on not throwing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I barely remember meeting David. Um, but I actually came to, what's interesting is that I, I came to, I start remembering again when David said that he was nervous because for whatever reason that, that like it clicked for me, like, oh, he's the nervous one, not me. Um, because it's a very intimidating thing, putting something on someone's skin that's going uh-huh. to be there forever. Mm-hmm. And so like, like I also have, um, uh, Kevin Eastman, the creator of the Ninja Turtles signed mm-hmm. my, my other arm that has the Ninja Turtles tattooed on it. And, uh, and I have a, an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper, um, just full of his signature that mm-hmm. he, he was practicing despite the, despite the fact that he, you know, signs his name hundreds of times, mm-hmm. thousands of times at these mm-hmm. things, he was nervous. And so he, he like practiced signing his signature and, you know, hmm. filled a page with the okay. signature. And so David again was, was, was nervous about, about his signature and it came up beautifully. But, um, but as soon as he said he was nervous, then I, I kind of, the lights clicked on and, um, and that, 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 um, that uh, interaction was actually much longer than it than it looks on on they cut out a lot we were talking for a good 15 minutes oh good um that's awesome but uh but yeah was, yeah he seems like a cool guy like you know he's yeah super like, approachable it's mm-hmm. just that you know we it's difficult having a project like this when you are on the other side of the world mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah so or um, or like all these things like when we met Matt how like I think if you actually get in front of them I think they're they're just as into the whole fan thing too and they'll happily talk to you you just have to to get in front of them you yeah. got to get past the handlers and everybody that you know kind of well and what I love about this tattoo project too is that um, they remember mm-hmm. like you know they sign meet and sign thousands of things right mm-hmm. and and you know you'd be like oh you know we met two years ago chances are they're like, yeah okay maybe a vague recollection mm-hmm. but they're not going to be like oh yeah you know i met you on such and such a time where um so far this had been when i had these when i had each of these actors sign my arm it had been the first time that they'd ever signed a person mm-hmm. um and so it's a very personal thing, and like when in in the in the interview, you can watch it on on the clip though where uh, Matt recognized me mm-hmm. straight away mm-hmm. um, as as having signed me in San Diego, and so it, it's a very very personal thing, and that makes it really really cool. Like mm-hmm. like they will always remember having done this, and uh, so it's it's not that I'm you know people ask if I'm an autograph hound and I'm really not. I'm not collecting autographs. I'm collecting experiences, mm-hmm. and that's like why I don't. Like I don't, I could easily buy these signatures off eBay for you know, far less than like in the, in September I'm I'm going back to the UK essentially just to get Tom Baker to sign my arm, <laughs> um, and I'm I'm gonna literally be in London for like three days mm-hmm. and uh, and then fly back, um, but um, you know I could I could certainly much cheaper. In fact, I do already own his signature on I bought one of the um, the uh, uh, Big Chief oh yeah toys. Mm-hmm. And so I do actually own Tom's signature already, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but it's the experience that I'm collecting and not sure. not the. Yeah. Not I mean, no, it's signature. it's so true. Anyone can get a signature, but you want to know a that it is their signature. It's not someone faking, and b you want that experience, that moment of meeting that person. Yeah, that's really what you're paying for. Um, so, and, and you told me that some of the other doctors that you've had signed, because you pretty much had everyone, every surviving doctor sign except Tom at this point, and Eccleston. Tom Eccleston Capaldi and John Hurt because right. he counts now. Right. Thank right. you, Moffat. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
No disrespect to John Hurt, did a fine yeah. job. No, just, oh, fantastic. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of just, hey, by the way, here's this doctor you never knew about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy, mm-hmm. and you're never going to see him again. But he counts. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, but of the classic doctors, he's the the last one to go, right? Yes. So, um, but you win like McCoy or Colin or Davison sign or McGann. Like, didn't you say was it Davison or was it McGann who was Davison? Yeah. So most of the doctors have been really really cool. In fact, um, the the three um, probably most uh, into it were were David, of course, um, and then uh, Matt was very into it, mm-hmm. and. Um, and McGann was mm-hmm. like super. He thought it was super, super cool. Um, Sylvester was Sylvester and Colin were both kind of like, okay, I'll do this, but you're kind of weird. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, Peter Davison was probably the only one who I just just judging, you know, and just judging by body language, mm-hmm. um, I had had it not been a paid opportunity, I don't know that he would have done it. Right. Um, you know, so. Yeah. But he did. But he did. So yeah, is is what it is. Yeah, I haven't yeah. tied anyone to know. But like that's another thing that I'm terrified about is that you know one of these days I'm going to spend an absorbent amount of money and have them say no. Like mm-hmm. like holy god! Like I'm this is a very expensive trip going back to the UK for three days. Yeah. Um. And what if Tom said no? Like right. I don't. Right. I can't make the guy send my arm. Right. Right. Um. But again, that is a paid opportunity. So hopefully, like, it's not like I'm courting them on the street or something. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah, no, good point. Good point. Yeah, I, I, I found, uh, I, I like Peter a lot. I think he's great in panels, and clearly he does have a certain fan love. I mean, the Five Stalkers was hilarious yes. and so forth. But yeah, I remember when I when I met him in 2010 um, in my Fifth Doctor costume, which would had just been completed then. Again, um, trousers and coat by Steve Ricks. Uh, and it was a, it's a good costume, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd be like, kind of like digging it. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I have a, I have a picture of me next to the screen use costume mm-hmm. in the, the Rick's trousers and, and coat, and they're practically in yeah, no, they're yeah, no, exactly. So, but instead, his reaction was really more like, oh, you're one of those fans, yeah. And I, and it made me kind of go, well, okay, this was four years ago, but even still, I just kind of go like, we're all right, like, you know, and he still took a photo with me, but. It just, it, it felt like he was a little, exactly, a little weirded out. And, mm-hmm. and part of me is like, why is it all the other doctors are generally cool if I show up and costume or no costume, you know, but like, I feel like sometimes Peter's not 100% at ease with some parts of fan culture. And I understand there are parts of fan culture that are generally pretty weird, you mm-hmm. know, in like just, oh, not just us who are fans, but you know, that's like, whoa, that's, that's going out there. Sure. Okay, yeah. But most um, celebrities have that one story or whatever yeah. where some fan did something ridiculous right maybe he was worried that at the fact that i was dressed as him or something i don't know maybe it was the wig maybe it's the one time that i gotta agree with you on the wig Who knows? <laughs> but uh yeah but oh well it was it was still good but yeah uh it's funny how uh the that group shot of me with them which i i love and thanks kevin copa for making that happen but i was in each of these photos but that's a that's a stitch of like i think four different photos with the doctors cuz they mm-hmm. never had them all together at once at that event they did later at a different event and what's so funny is that the pictures i've seen from that event they're lined up almost like a police lineup and you can tell that they weren't really directing them well cuz sometimes like one of them's looking kind of off or something they're not all kind of on and looking at the camera like they should be mm-hmm. so the reason i like it so much is i'm like well i was there with them in each <laughs> of these shots it's a great shot of all of them looking appropriate to the moment or the camera as it was taken in that moment 
I've just, I've done a slight fudge, but, and I like the layout. Like that to me is what you would do if you had all five of them. So um, I'll have to post this photo now because I'm describing it. Yeah, I was going to say, not to, not to talk about a visual on a, yes. on a radio show. Uh, but anyway, the, the Davis in there is the only one that was a solo shot. The others were all from the group shots because they mm. did various group shots throughout the weekend. But the Davison, he was the only one who couldn't make the group shot. So that's stolen from the solo shot that we had together. And I'm looking at the expression, and it works in that group. But whenever I see it in the original, all I can see is like grimacing, like, when is this guy going to walk away? Yeah. I mean, I will, uh, I will say it has gotten easier as, as I go. Like, mm. like each signature adds validation to the, you're not crazy. This is actually a decent yeah, yeah, project yeah. that you're right, doing. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, like, hats off for Matt for being the first one and yes, not yes. like thinking I was ridiculous. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as I've gone along, it's gotten certainly easier. And like, um, Billy being my favorite contemporary companion, I, um, also have her on my arm. And so her and Paul and Colin were all done at the same event. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as I've gone along, um, it's gotten easier to convince people. Yeah, I, I think you should mostly. John Hurt maybe would look at you cockeyed, but I think everything else should be relatively. Although, I mean, he's got. I mean, he's. I'm sure he gets like ravenous aliens fans. No, that's and, like, true. I'm sure there's, that's true. there's a few like there's a few things he's done that I'm sure would be. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just thinking older actors would probably have a little bit more of a hesitation than younger. Yeah, well, and, you know, you never know how people are going to feel about tattoos because I mean, there is you know people of a certain age, yeah. you know, often. Um, associate tattoos with delinquency sure. and you know prison time mm -hmm. um and so you just never know how they're gonna feel right but, right um, uh well back on track a little bit yes yeah, um conversely what has been your worst or least favorite experience in costume um i mean as far as like i've never gotten i get a, a lot of like like anytime Heather and I are not at like a formal convention or something, mm -hmm. or like when we're cosplaying it, we do a lot of cosplay at Disneyland. Sure. And, um, uh, but like if we're outside of a formal convention, you get a lot of those like, Oh, well, why are you doing like, like people like get really weird about cosplaying outside of like the normal venues. Mm -hmm. Um, when they're not expecting to see someone in costume, then mm -hmm. all of a sudden like you're ridiculous or silly or, you know, whatever, like, well, what, what would, what would, you know, oh, I get a lot of like, why is Dr. Who here? And I'm like, why is Dr. Who not here? Like, right. I mean, like, at, at, is there, there's no other character that it's more appropriate to be at like bizarre places than yeah. the doctor. Yeah. Um, but, um, a bad experience. Um, Oh, I mean, I did, we were in costume when we, um, for the, what, last year's, um, Hall H panel at San Diego, mm -hmm. where we got in line at like four in the morning and still didn't get in. Oh, God, man, that <laughs> sucks. Yeah. This is part of the reason they why were like, there's I like, don't there was like 20, there was like 25 people in front of us, too. Oh, my brutal. God. Thankfully, was that last year? I remember. It was, it was the year, must have been the year before. Mm -hmm. But but yeah, we did do a we did um, practically we didn't camp out, but we practically camped out, mm -hmm. and I didn't get in. Gosh, yikes! Yeah, um, I mean we we jumped in the the last year I tried to go to that panel was probably 2011, and I remember we jumped in that panel about three hours early, and it got to the point where we quit we we saw the the very slow uh, approach. We did the math and realized we're not getting in. 
So uh, we ditched early, and at least we enjoyed the con and, and, and all that. And But I was dressed as Hartnell, and I'm in a cloak and a hat and makeup and a ball cap. I'm sweating to death. And so that was the other thing where I just thought, I I don't care how good this panel is. It's not worth the uncomfortability and massive amounts of sweat I'm enduring right now. Oh, I did think of a, another bad, a bad costume experience. Mm-hmm. This was actually when we were in London for the 50th, and um, I was in full... Fifth Doctor regalia uh-huh. on the tube, okay. and there was oh, nice. a, and there was a group of drunk soccer hooligans. Oh no! And um, and one of them attacked me, and it was uh, he. So what happened was he 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 got really like awkwardly up in my face, like very very far past personal distance, uh-huh. and um, and was just kind of belligerently gibbering on, and then he grabbed my celery uh-huh. and tore it off my lapel. So I, this is your celery. So you almost lost your celery, dude. Drunk wow. soccer. Um, and so, but he like, gr- like ham-fisted gripped it, uh-huh. and there's a pin in it. Right. So he jabbed himself pretty good on sure. this pin and was and was bleeding and got angry at that. And uh-huh. so then his like his friends pulled him off and like they got off the tube. Uh-huh. But it could I mean, I could have gotten assaulted by a drunk soccer hooligan and Wait, costume on the tube. Did he and he was in your face specifically because you were dressed as yes. like a doctor? Yeah, absolutely. And he just figured you're basically like some big old nerd and yeah, what yeah, the hell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I admit, I was a little afraid of stuff like that when I was over there, and I had to ride the, yeah, I had to ride the train as uh, the fourth doctor the first day I was there. And it was fun. I'm glad I got to do it, and I'm glad I was with friends most of that time, right. but initially I was... And I do have out. a great picture of me on the tube in the fifth doctor. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's just, yeah, there's that there's that whole thing where I I remember having that initial moment, and some people really dug it, and you can tell other people, like, what, what are you doing? Because in England, they're a little more reserved. A little more introverted, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like... Um, when we were there for the 50th, on the day of the convention, we expected to see, you know, TARDIS, at least like TARDIS t-shirts and stuff, you know, and there was virtually nothing, no billboards or anything like that either. Um, and then we also, um, were there, just happened to be in London when the, um, last Harry Potter film launched. We were there on that weekend mm-hmm. and we expect, we didn't see anything, no billboard, no, no like just, there was just no Hmm. nothing and uh, it was it was really i mean uh, you know i'm I'm sure maybe if you were a diehard harry potter fan you would have known where the gathering was or whatever but but um but i they just don't they just don't seem to the fanfare generally now don't get me wrong i know some fantastic um you know some 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 fantastic uk cosplayers Mm. you know adam parker if you're listening you know i'm talking to you um (laughs) but uh but for the most part, um, they're very, very much reserved, more introverted. I got that vibe from the one UK con I did go to. Granted, it was a lot smaller than the 50th, but the pictures I saw of the 50th celebration looked like there was a fair amount of people in costume. But then again, I'm biased because a lot of the people I know dress up. So, I mean, was there... Well, what Was the, the 50th cosplay on the same level as, like, Gallifrey cosplay? So, yeah. I mean, quality of cosplay, yes. But the funny thing is that 90% of the... At least... Now, again, no blanket statements here. All my UK friends. But the people that... The cosplayers that I stopped to talk to, like, a good 90% of them were American. Oh. Also there for the... You know, that's where I met Ewan. You know, mm. but I'm... That, I don't know. Is he, is he officially American? I'm never sure. <laughs> he's officially American. I don't know. I don't know what is what is. Uh, you you know him in America. Yes, I know um, him from America. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, like people I knew from home, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and but yeah, 
so many American cosplayers at that show. So you're saying um, that the large amount of the uh, attendees were not in costume, right? And then the ones that were great costumes, but they tended tended also to, to be, be American. American. There weren't that many actual British. Yeah. Or, you know, there was the light, you know, cosplay light, um, uh-huh. you know, like a lot of Tom Baker scarves mm-hmm. and, or like the, you know, hot topic t lack of a better word, hot topic t-shirts. I don't know what the manufacturers, but you know, like the, yeah, yeah, the doctor, the, right. do, the doctor t-shirts and, mm-hmm. and, uh, but, um, but yeah, for the most part, not, not a tremendous amount of cosplay and most of the really good cosplay seemed to be largely American. Interesting. Maybe, maybe they, maybe, uh, what is it? Um, yeah, I have a friend, he's from England and, you know, they, he, he, he remembers the, uh, cause he, he loves going to American conventions. And he told me about when he, in the nineties and then the eighties, when he went to British conventions, how it was just a much different affair. It wasn't like as much fun. The classic anorak, you know, uh, stereotype was in full force. Just guys who, yeah, they're really into the show, but it, like, there's no, joy or love coming out on any of this now granted this is his memory is his interpretation uh i, I don't want to i can't really speak but he he really yeah he was really saying how like just we're a lot more enthusiastic yeah yeah as fans but um and i apologize for your generating your uk hate mail because like, <laughs> i'm sure Probably someone listening right now that's going to be like, hey, I was a UK cosplayer there. And no, I was no, no. You're, I, and I'm sure you were. I just didn't talk to you. No, and I, and I saw some. I saw a bunch <laughs> on Facebook. That's why, like, it's weird because, as I say, the, my friends who do cosplay, they were there. So it makes me feel like, oh, there was a lot of people dressing up there when I go, wait a minute. I remember when it was like a time quest. Okay, someone who was there, tell me the real skinny. Um, so springboarding off this, what is or has been your favorite costuming event? I love Gallif. Okay, so it's going to be a toss-up between Gallifrey and Dragon Con because mm-hmm. I love both those shows a lot. And mm-hmm. Dragon Con is very similar to Gal uh, to Gallifrey in feel, mm-hmm. aside from the fact that it's tremendously larger. Obviously, um, but they do you know the Lobby Con, and it's that whole like sort of like mm-hmm. Vegas feel in that you know like no matter you, know, you walk the floor at all times of the night, and there's always people doing something somewhere regardless and i don't like that i like the always on uh, three hotels right uh dragon con is yeah at least three it might mm-hmm. might be more um but because i've never been i always hear about it i'm always curious to get the the comparisons to yeah uh, so san diego and so forth um my davison and mccoy were both at dragon con the year that i went and got um mm-hmm. and got signed but uh but yeah, I mean it's it's a great show um it's it's very you know it, it's a lot of you know for the fans, by the fans, like that kind of yeah. mantra. Um, despite the fact how you know that, the the scale of it, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, I, I really love that show. Um, San Diego, I mean San Diego, we go to because you know we see all our friends there, and it's a big show. And mm-hmm. but um, you know and a lot of cosplay opportunity, but um, it's uh, it's very mechanical compared to a lot of these like by the fans for the fans shows it's, it's become a lot more about hollywood and the corporate side and yeah and it's yeah. like you know when the when the floor closes i mean you might be able to go off and do something off-site but like mm-hmm. when the floor closes you're done they kick you out of the, you know you practically well there's still some night panels yeah. on the second floor but but you know the, it's it's much more quiet you yeah, know it's yeah. like there's there's an official start and stop and you you're know right. it's like you're right um, you're right it, the, yeah, the, there are hotel lobbies which will host things, but it's not like it's not centralized. Yeah, yeah. And actually, if there is a nightlife, it's almost like you have 
to kind of like be in the know and be somebody to go to the, the, the ritzy parties that I hear about. And, uh, and be honest, I'm just happy hanging with my friends and grabbing a bite to eat. So I'm not even fully aware of a lot of that stuff. I know it happens, but you know, I, I don't even think about, Oh, we got to try to make this party. Cause it's sure. like, yeah, I'm already with people I like, so who cares? Um, and Gallifrey was last year was our first year and it will definitely not be our last. We love that show. No, yeah, no, I, I, I love Gallifrey. It's too bad. It's kind of becoming a little too crazy and big. I wish it was kind of, I wish it was a meld of the vibe it kind of is now with you know, the hula, you know, the, the popularity, but I wish it was kind of an easier con the way it was like four or five but years it's, ago. But it's, it's, so that's an unfortunate, it's an unfortunate symptom of a fortunate circumstance. That's you know, a good because, way to put it. Because, it. yes, it's ridiculous and, and, you know, they, they short sell the show and, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, it's because the brand is doing so well right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, that's stuff that we want. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we want the, you know, because that means that we'll get more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again, it's, it's, it's an unfortunate symptom of a fortunate circumstance. Yes. Yes. And, uh, so I take it you, you got your tickets taken care of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, barely. Barely. Now it was one of those things where like, cause Heather was like, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's sold out in, in, you know, what, like a week or something, two weeks last year, or, you know, the, the previous year. And, um, and, uh, so Heather, Heather, I was like, I was setting my alarm clock and she was like laughing at me because, you know, I was going to, you know, make sure I got in, you know, and, uh, she was laughing at me cause she didn't think it would sell out that fast and mm-hmm. it ended up being what, 75 minutes, something like that. And, uh, yeah. and I probably got up and fi- cause I, cause I got up late I slept through the alarm and got up late and was flipping out mm-hmm. and uh, and probably got in there at probably the sixty minute mark. Mm-hmm. So I probably made it by you know fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we got our we got our tickets. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm looking to. I mean, the guest list already looks good, so um, I'll, I'll be very happy to finally meet Wendy Padbury again because uh, my girlfriend has two of her costumes. So we've been waiting for her to finally come back. We're like, all right, because the last year she was there was right before we started on the first Zoe. So, uh, anyway, uh, what has been your most difficult or challenging costume? Mm. Well, um, costuming doesn't really tend to be overly challenging for me because I am a commission guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't make an amazing amount of my costume, so it's not like that I'm sitting there like bleeding, you know. But the one thing that I did bleed over quite a bit is the moment cube. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was that was a lot of time, effort, and energy. And uh, and so as far as like difficult project, definitely the moment cube. Well, because you had uh, to study all those reference photos and then didn't you have to laser cut all those? Yeah, things? so all the embellishment is laser cut mm-hmm. um, and that was all done off of you know, photos we took at the experience and still shots in the in the uh, thing. And then the um, all the embellishment was done in um, Adobe Illustrator mm-hmm. and then fed through a laser cutter. And then I, and then also I'm not a woodworker, mm-hmm. so like that thing's really hacked together. <laughs> like the, the, plus there was always the, the balance of I'm going to be carrying this around for four plus hours. Right. Um, so making it as light as I can, mm-hmm. like I stripped out the bot, there's no bottom panel. Um, it originally lit up. Um, and, uh, and I took all that out in favor of being able to carry it. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, yes, it's an ounce here and it's an ounce there, but like the, the few pounds that it weighs becomes, you know, absorbently more difficult to handle as the night goes as on. Day, yeah. You told so, me how much your arms were dying at the end yeah, of the night. Yeah. Plus mm-hmm. the, plus the, uh, you know, that 
triple XL or whatever it is, the giant uh, War Doctor coat mm. is also very heavy. So it all just sort of weighs you down. And yeah. Did you have measurements to come off of, or you just kind of eyeballed the scale from all the different? No, I just eyeballed the scale. Mm. Yeah. I just figured I figured that it was about a foot mm -hmm. cubed, mm. and uh, and then went off that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah and, and I did have I did have a picture of the cube with Heather standing, my wife standing next to it. Mm -hmm. So I did kind of have like I I, kind of I made up the mock up and then sort of like placed it around the general like vicinity, like, mm -hmm. like the layout that the photo was taken, mm -hmm. and uh, and and figured it's about it's about a foot. It mm -hmm. might be you know an inch off here or there. And and uh, Nick Roboto, who did the original prop. Um, I showed it to him and he thought it was great. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's some stuff I did because, so, first of all, I wanted it cosplay quality yeah. so that I, if something happened to it, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be absolutely mortified. Mm -hmm. The laser cutting stuff, yes, it would be expensive to replace, but it's just a laser cutter so mm -hmm. I could easily replicate them. Mm -hmm. um, and, but like, I didn't do, there's a lot of like wood burning um, embellishment in the, you know, a lot of detail, surface detail on mm -hmm. that cube that I didn't do um, because I wouldn't be able to as easily replace that or it would be a lot of work to do it again if mm -hmm. I were to drop it and it would smash it in a million pieces, mm -hmm. um, which uh, could happen. <laughs> At any moment. Uh, okay, let's yeah, cross fingers here. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, but yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah, there's so it's not as detailed as it could be. Um, like most people looking at the box would be like, oh, that's an absolute identical replica. But it's because you only look at it for a few, like most people, unless they are super in love with the fiftieth, mm -hmm. um, have only seen that cube for a few minutes of their life. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I've looked at it for about 200 hours. Right, right. So, um, case of, I know what's wrong with it and you don't. Yeah. So. And so it's, 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 it's about, and same thing with the, you know, color picking for the, the war doctor costume. Mm -hmm. It's all about what people remember, not what it actually looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I saved myself a lot of time, effort and energy, um, uh, and, you know, worrying, um, by foregoing some details just because I knew the the amount of effort and risk that it would take me to put into the prop wouldn't it didn't balance out against the benefit that I would get from mm -hmm. having done it so well, I thought uh, Billy Piper flipped out of her. She did, yeah. She actually, uh, there's a, and I'll send you the photo so you can post it. But it's a, she asked to hold it um, as we were walking through the hall and mm -hmm. uh, took a picture. Nice, uh, you know, with it. So very cool. Yeah, I, I do remember the uh, the Froggies photo. That yeah, you guys yeah, said. yeah. There's yeah. also that that photo, but but this was one that someone just snapped in the hall. She mm -hmm. was super into it and um, and took a picture with it. It was great. Yeah, she was she was a really awesome guest. She was really awesome. Mm -hmm. I was I was glad to hear, especially after the uh, the flu scare. Yeah, and then she, she showed had. up anyway. Yeah, mm -hmm. I um, and she was very she was also one that was very gracious about the tattoo, mm -hmm. and uh, she was super into it. like very uh, surprised and taken aback, but in a positive way. Like she she you know, she said like, I can't believe I'm signing someone's skin. Mm -hmm. That was what she said, but but it was like in reverence to mm -hmm. to the project, you know. Not, not the oh, I can't believe I'm signing someone's skin. It was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm signing someone's skin. Right, right. You know, so very cool, very cool. Uh, so I pretty much know how you stand on accuracy. So I'm going to skip that. Um, <laughs> what uh, What's the most important thing you've learned doing this hobby? Most important thing that I've learned, um, I think. 
I think I, I mean, the easier answer is, is what I was most surprised by, mm-hmm. um, in that I, um, have been in a few other fandoms, popular fandoms, um, a lot, very cutthroat, very, um, elitist. Um, there tends to, there's obviously some of it, but, but there, the, the community with the Doctor Who cosplay specifically, um, they're very accepting and very gracious and very helpful and very like I've I've never I've never like asked someone where they got something and then have them not tell me or mm. like you know like I'm trying to protect that or whatever like like there's they're very giving very helpful very uh, accommodating and and for the most part I was gonna but, say I could think of a few exceptions sure forums, sure but, but for like the most part but it's right. but it's but it's when you are coming from other fandoms which I won't go into naming names but. But when you're coming from environments where the exception to the rule in who is the rule, mm-hmm. you know, in the other fandom where it's mm-hmm. like very, you know, um, people are very uh, insulated and and uh, and not very community driven, and so it's it's nice. It's it was it was it was a surprising positive experience to come to kind of the, the, the Doctor Who community at large, not just cosplaying, but the Doctor Who community at large. And um, and be so well received, and warmly welcomed. I uh, I can go with that. Yeah, it also depends on I think what corner of the of the internet fandom you're you're hanging out in, but um, but definitely yeah, the majority of the the Who fan groups that um, we're both in, both personally of course, and also I'm thinking of Facebook and. Uh, DW cosplay and so on. They're generally very helpful. I do. Um, I think I told you this, right? That uh, on Gallifrey Base, we did a poll on this, uh, and Joanna did it on DW cosplay, and I did it on Velvet Web, and we discovered, rather unsurprisingly, actually, that like the age and sex skews very female and like generally like early twenties if not late teens on DW cosplay majority mm-hmm. and the fan group on velvet web skews very male and very like over 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of shows because velvet web, I notice there's a lot more threads, a lot more love for classic stuff. Sure. And on DW cosplay, I feel like unless you're talking about the current stuff, there's only like a limited amount of real feedback, positive or negative. If you're talking about something classic, it depends on what it is, but um, it's uh, it's interesting, but it's never anything overwhelming that uh, negative beyond again a few bad apples. But we won't go into that. So generally, you're right. I'd say in, in anywhere you're going into Doctor Who cosplay, it's it is less treacherous waters than some of the fandoms I hear about, which is probably why I'm not as into some of those fandoms. Like I'm happy to like those things, but I don't need to like hang out on the, the yeah, or forms. or why I'm here now instead of somewhere that I've been previously. Uh sure. There so. you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, you're so into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but you, uh, you've never cosplayed anything in TMNT, have you? <laughs> well, okay, so, like, a lot of that stuff is either very, very, very simple. Like, there's, like, even in Doctor Who, there's a lot of stuff that I don't, I'm not, I don't gravitate to because, right. uh, as you mentioned, I'm very detail-oriented and very, I, I enjoy the challenge mm-hmm. of, of really knocking something out of the park. And so you'll never see, probably never see me in like a nine because it's it's while while you can go crazy balls to the wall and do you know really knock it out of the park um a 
uh, I I don't do wigs and that kind of stuff, and so I don't generally wear my hair short enough to mm-hmm. to do Eccleston, and that's his hair is really signature of that character, mm-hmm. like the the super short like buzz cut almost mm-hmm. um, is 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 very uh, telling for that character, um, but also it's it's too simple to do a more than passable Eccleston, where it's just. I, just, I don't feel challenged by it mm. for the most part. Um, mm. and, and it's, it's and a it's very thing, basic look. And it's the same thing with turtle stuff. Like, Casey, like of the few human characters worth doing, mm. you know, Casey Jones is a hockey mask and sweatpants mm. and, you know, a cutoff t-shirt and a golf bag. Mm. Like, there's just not... Um, or <laughs> you are an anthropomorphic animal and that's like way beyond my skill set or like what, cause I'm also, I also like comfortable cosplay when right. I can and there's absolutely nothing comfortable about putting on a turtle suit. Right. Like <laughs> nothing comfortable. Right. Um, so yeah, so it's that, those costumes tend to either be way too far in one direction for me or to be interested or way too far in the other direction. Mm. Either far too simple or far too complex. Understood. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. Uh, so I, I know uh, the, the other major costumes we've not discussed uh, would be your Spacesuit 10 and your 11th Doctor. Yes. Um, the Spacesuit 10. <laughs> and uh, I should have learned more from Kevin Copa. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay. Okay. Well, that's not true. I, I, I learned a lot from Kevin Copa. And then did what I wanted to anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, but, but so some, a couple things changed since Kevin did his spacesuit, which is absolutely amazing. I love his spacesuit. Mm-hmm. And when I did my spacesuit, because so his issue mainly was when he bought the space toy suit, um, it, what, it just wasn't configured properly for mm-hmm. the most part. The pockets were in the wrong place. Um, but, um, with by the time I rolled around to getting that space toy suit, um, they had actually changed the fabric entirely. Mm-hmm. So it was actually now like it, it used to be made out of orange duck cloth, um, and now it's made out of like a, a, some sort of polymer. It's like mm-hmm. a, like a plasticky um, like a, a crossing guard vest. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, and so it was entirely had it been made out of orange duck cloth. I and and poorly configured. I probably would have just kind of like what Kevin did, where he didn't really make the whole thing from scratch, mm-hmm. but he you know just kind of reconfigured the pockets and did do do some recutting and stuff. But but for me, mm-hmm. we had to take the space toy suit and replicate it wholesale. Mm-hmm. So so the space suit that I'm currently making. Um, it's all being hand tailored and the, the whole suit was taken apart and inch for inch recreated in orange duck cloth. Um, bring it, bring it back to Oh seven. Yeah. So, so it was basically a $700 pattern. Oh my God. So, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell people not to do it that way Mm -hmm. because that's really the way that they did it for the show is that those things were so poorly put together that they remade them. Mm -hmm. Um, So technically I'm doing it the most accurate way possible, (laughs) but it's also absorbently expensive to do it the way that I did it. So yeah, major pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it's going to be beautiful. 
And you, you source the, the, the boots and helmet. And yeah, and, and again, hats off to Kevin for helping me with that stuff. And, and I was able to, to source the the boots in my size, which was miraculous because they tend to run really small. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, um, they are uh, uh, snowboarding boots. Right. So they are like super insulated and clunky. And mm-hmm. like I know Kevin had to like actually dremel out the interior of his so that his foot fit it better um but thankfully i was able to find them my size but the only thing is that they don't again they're snowboard boots so they don't move at the ankle at all Mm -hmm. so like they're exceedingly difficult to walk in Mm -hmm. um but uh, and then i I got the uh so far i've been able to find the waters of mars um gloves Mm -hmm. not the satan pit gloves Mm -hmm. so they're the same manufacturer different glove Mm -hmm. um and so i'm still on the hunt for the for the Satan pit gloves. Mm-hmm. But, um, so chances are at San Diego, you'll see me with the waters of Mars, waters of Mars gloves and the Satan pit boots. Cool. Very I did cool. get the, the, there's also a webbing harness. Uh, it's a climbing harness that, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, is integrated into that suit. And the one I found was the screen used one. So got love the climbing harness. Oh yeah. One of these days I want to do, uh, the revenge of the Cyberman Tom Baker with the bomb on his back. And that's like a mountain climbing harness too, that I'm like, I, I don't, no, I gotta get the bomb made first. But I, and it's one of those things that I love to do it. It's fun. You never see that variant. But there's only what maybe ten people that would get it. And otherwise, I'd be like, what the heck? Yeah, but it just goes to show, and that spacesuit just goes to show that you can never judge how much time, effort, energy, cost uh, something will take you by looking at it like mm-hmm. at face value because mm-hmm. i was like i was like oh yeah i'll do i'll knock out the spacesuit 10 like i'm like you know the the space you know i'll i'll, I'll do what i have to to change the the space toy suit but it, you know it'll be like it'll be 700 dollars for like most of the costume and mm-hmm. it like, won't be you know because if it was if it was just what i spent for the space to the space toy suit the boots and the gloves it would be one of my cheapest cosplays ever um, but, uh, there's a lot of people listening going like, what? Yeah. Because I know a lot of people that, and hats off to them that they get real creative and they put together good stuff for, you know, less than a hundred. Oh man. I've seen some fantastic, I've seen some fantastic 11s. People pull like some really great tweeds out of the thrift store. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some fantastic thrift store 11s, some fantastic, you know, perfectly recognizable, uh, Tom, Tom Baker's Davison's, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and that's great. It's just, you know, I choose, I, as much as I complain about how expensive this hobby is, I 100% understand that I do this to myself, mm-hmm. is that I decide to play at a level that is, tends to be extremely expensive, you know, like yeah. the very high accuracy, I don't have to tell you this, but the very high accuracy cosplay is going to be very expensive, especially if you don't do your own tailoring like mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. All my stuff is commissioned. And, you know, a lot of people, not a lot of people. There are cosplayers out there who will poo-poo me to my face, even um, saying that I'm not a legitimate cos legitimate cosplayer because I don't do my own tailoring. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's not like like I work for a living. It's not like I don't. I'm not putting effort into getting the funds that mm-hmm. I. You know, I'm not a trust fund baby. Right. Um. You know, I work for the the money that I use for for my cosplays, mm-hmm. and at the same time, I'm employing people. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic especially in god in this economy like mm. it's so wonderful yeah. to know that like i i'm getting a great product and these people are paying their rent mm-hmm. and i'm totally cool with that mm-hmm. um so and because the thing is is like i want i have a 
my standard is way more exacting than I could ever accomplish, even if I wanted to do my own tailoring. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, I love, you know, I'm a, a project manager for the tech industry and I love that. I love what I do. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not about to start an entire new profession, which is the level of commitment that I would need to produce things that would meet my exacting standards. Okay. Um, so I'm not about to start a whole nother career just so I can do my own cosplay. <laughs> right. Um, right, right, right. And, and it's ridiculous to think that I would. Um, mm -hmm. and so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's great that I, you know, I can really, you know, help these people out in their lives and they can deliver a product that meets my standards and, you know, best of both worlds. So along those lines, uh, cosplay or costuming, is there a difference? Um, yeah, so we, Heather and I, <laughs> Heather and I have this thing. So like, uh, we, uh, don't consider things that are off the rack to be mm. cosplay. Like, uh, you know, I think for me, it's, it, it's just a level of quality mm -hmm. and, and care, um, and effort, um, and, um, and not necessarily expense. Um, but like, but like the, as cool as like the her universe Dalek dresses are and the mm. TARDIS dresses are and we don't unless you go out of your way to like embellish them or accessorize them or you know that kind of thing um, that's not something that I would look at and say that's cosplay mm. or like an off the rack you know out of a bag Halloween costume mm. I'm not gonna really call that cosplay mm -hmm. um, so um, so yeah I mean for the most part for me anyway and I'm sure everyone has their own definition those listening at home um, for me, it's, it's level of effort and care and, and like, I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't buy you going to Hot Topic and buying a shirt and putting it on and calling it cosplay. Sorry. Like, well, right. But I mean, if you're getting all these ID off the rack things that were worn in the show. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's it. But like, so, so I think I defined it the other day as, as, because we were actually talking about that exact same thing on a, on a Facebook page that we're both a part of, um, is that, um licensed licensed product with the intent of it being a replica mm -hmm. can be part of cosplay um licensed products intended to be like inspired by mm -hmm. not so much cosplay mm -hmm. um you know so like you know a you know the you know, replica sonic screwdrivers you know or even you know the 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 um the character options toys are actually really, right. really good too. And mm -hmm. some of them are the, the war doctor, uh, screen used, uh, Sonic is a modified Tom Baker toy Sonic. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, so some of those are screen used props, but, uh, but yeah, the, you know, despite the fact that a t-shirt would be, um, you know, licensed, you know, officially licensed, it's not, I wouldn't call it cosplay, but, but that, 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 Using the the replica or non replica definition mm -hmm. allows for things like Abbey Shot and you know the the, the very high end licensed. Um, so you're saying stuff. you consider um, the sort of replica high end cosplay, and you consider the other that your T-shirt more costuming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, some people, uh, you know, they delineate between these two terms. Other people kind of blanketly include them together, since of course cosplay as a catch-all term didn't even really come into existence till what the late 90s uh you know i find and a lot of my indo un, unindoctrinated uh friends um 
and I've, and this has come up on more than one occasion where they assumed that cosplay implied like sexual fantasy. Interesting. Um, huh. You know, like the. Uh, I obviously don't know enough about the topic to depending on the person, I suppose. But like, like the you know, like people, like the horseplay stuff that you know, putting putting saddles on people, you know, like more of the bondage stuff. Sure, but, role uh, play. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so a lot of uh, I, I I have found that 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 in my experience, a lot of my un, unindoctrinated friends um, originally thought that cosplay was something sexual, mm-hmm. which is bizarre. <laughs> but, it is kind of weird. Well, I, I mean, it, it came out of uh, the anime circles, right? Yeah. And I guess that might be part of it, I suppose? Because, I, I don't know, I I don't really even remember hearing it really as a term probably till I don't know, 03, 04 in there. And as I understand it, 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 when it originated, it was mainly in anime circles in Japan and so forth. I, I don't think it, I don't remember it being bandied about in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember that as a term. When I, It's like any new slang, you either take to it right away or you don't. And I do remember when it came up, it was like certain slang words where I'm like, I don't know if I'm on board with that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to accept that right now. I'm going to still just call this costuming. Costumes, 11th Doctor. Yeah, um, I, uh, I didn't really like a lot of Matt Smith's costumes mm-hmm. up until the 7, 7B was the first one that I liked, and that's the one that I do. Well, sure, um, it's the most traditional Doctor he wears. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, but it was it's also very striking like there's just nothing i don't know the the uh not not i won't say that there's not anything signature which is the problem i have with capaldi currently is that there's i just don't feel like there's like a signature accessory or something like that that makes him stand out as you know like not like the celery or the scarf or the bow tie or you know mm-hmm. um i don't think he has something like that quite yet um the closest is red lining yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. right which, you know, he, he lifted off the third doctor. <laughs> um, well, you could argue Matt Smith lifted off the second doctor. Sure. So. No, yeah, for sure. But, um, but the, um, the 7B um, really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but on that one, you know, normally my, my de facto go-to would be, you know, Steve Ricks. But mm-hmm. on that one... But the Bills fabric is what, like 300 pounds a yard or yeah. something ridiculous like that? And that's retail. That's not even markup. That's like, mm-hmm. it was expensive retail. Um, and that was just, I don't like the character or the costume enough to commit that heavily to it. Like, sure. I was also thinking about doing the, his purple boots, which are, are have to be fabricated. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, but they're like 400 pounds. Like yeah. I could do so much with 400 pounds. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I just can't bring myself. So I'm just doing, um, a pair of brown Baroque boots, you know, mm. um, I might paint part of them purple if I find the right ones that have, you know, that are sectioned off appropriately. Uh, but you got the G stars, um, the G stars. I, so I, I'm actively searching for G stars. What I think is probably going to end up happened is happening is I believe the pocket detail is rubberized. Mm-hmm. So I think I could dye them. I think I could find a pair of G stars that aren't black. And because honestly, the the problem I'm having is finding not only a black pair but a pair in my size because mm-hmm. they tend to run a little hipster small mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah yeah so um and i wear about 38 us mm-hmm. and um, 36 depending on the brand 
but um, but yeah, so I think I may end up as long as the pocket details, you know, like the I don't want to say McDonald's arch because they're not really McDonald's arches, but they, but they have the like arches on each yeah, pocket. Right. Um, as long as those are visible and the pants are black, I think I can get away with you know I think I can get with it. I'm comfortable with that, especially for. Whether it has to be the with a sparkle black. I think yeah, or, or like well, and even that's debated, spark, right? Like yeah, or or the spark 3D, spark denim or like spark yeah, denim. but. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so I think as long as I find something that's not like like the spark denim apparently is like a very waxed yeah. fabric, mm-hmm. so that's obviously not going to die terribly well. No, but but so I think I'll probably end up going with like a, a regular denim and then dyeing them black and hoping the detail stands out. Mm-hmm. So, and I know, I know you had the uh, the waistcoat recently made, and uh, uh, I mean the shirt is relatively easy to match depending on which one you're doing. Oh, but I, I did end up going with the. Um, Oh, the hide shirt. Yeah. Well, I have the hide shirt, but then I also did the, since I ended up with the, because there was actually, a, a, it was, you know, no one's fault. But when Steve approached me with being able to do the vest, mm-hmm. I thought he was, because I was doing the hide uh, costume at the time, I just sort of assumed that he meant the gray vest. Uh-huh. And so when I got the vest, and it's gorgeous, thank you, Steve, but but it was but it's the the 50th vest it's uh-huh. the it's the kind of black purpley one right and um and so i was like well great now i have to do that one <laughs> so cuz i don't have a great vest for for hide right now mm-hmm. i have a gray just generic vest but the buttons are all wrong and it's just mm-hmm. it bugs me so um but uh yeah so i ended he uh, again steve found the it's the same it's the same tailor that does the capaldi shirt um, oh yeah, bud. Uh, shirt yeah, the bud shirt makers, mm-hmm. and so and that it's just one of their off the rack blue shirts, mm-hmm. um, and so, well, as off the rack as they get, it's mm-hmm. you know it's still handmade, and like I think it's like a hundred and hundred and fifty or hundred and forty pounds, but um, but I ended up going with that shirt, so mm-hmm. so yeah, I'll have the the screen accurate vest and shirt, and I went with the Abbey shot coat. And what did you do for the bow tie? Um, tie bar. There's a. It's. A, it's. I think it's. The, I'm pretty sure it's the tie bar.com. Uh-huh. They do. Um, I don't think they were intentionally um, doing like replica Doctor Who ties, but mm-hmm. they make a purple polka dotted tie that's actually the spacing is actually better, a little bit better than the um, than the officially licensed fiftieth um, bow tie. Interesting. And it's fifteen dollars. Do they have uh, <laughs> do they have different sizes? Uh, I don't know about sizes. They uh, they you can get it in a either pre tied or not mm-hmm. um, configuration. So like the self tie. I'll look because I I went through bow ties limited for um, uh, the series five Matt Smith as well as my second doctor. I've been looking to, to redo my second doctor, get a more wilted, pathetic looking <laughs> polka dotted bow tie. You make this crap. It doesn't look crappy enough. It doesn't look crappy enough. <laughs> I'm at the point where I might just get some fabric and just kind of jankily make one and hope that that works. But anyway, um, at a certain point, I want to also remake my Matt Smith and because mine's a little too narrow. It needs to be slightly wider. So I'll, uh, I'll have to work on that. But easy fix. Relatively easy fix. Um, but that's awesome. I look forward to seeing that at, uh, at Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what are you working on right now? Um, all of my financial attention right now is, again, I think I mentioned earlier that we happen to, uh, sort of, we gravitate towards whatever properties we're 
currently watching a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the other day I was trying to figure out who I would do from Orange is the New Black. Because we're, well, okay. we're watching that. But yeah, yeah. It, with a largely female cast, I don't know what I would do. I think what? Uh, Prison Guard? I don't know. Or like uh, Jason, uh, Jason Jason Biggs. Biggs. Yeah. But that's pretty nondescript and I don't yeah. have the hair texture he does. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, so, so I'm working on a Jamie Lannister um, specifically from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically the season four Kingsguard armor, mm-hmm. um, which is both financially and w- workload-wise um, taking me kind of in a new new ta- uh, new territory. Um, it's it's a completely different animal crafting armor mm-hmm. than it is fabric. Um, we're actually I rather than doing it out of metal, which would be really awful because there's a lot of like embossed embellishment on that. The, right. the crown is very embossed and specifically for the season four. Um, and so this was, this is for, for those of you who, uh, I guess I shouldn't spoil it. So it's after, so it's after Jamie comes back is when they change the, is when they change the, the armor. Um, and I think that's after he's been away for a very long time and then comes back. I think it's probably the least spoilerly way I can say that. Are you going to do um, the metal hand? Uh, yes, but we're, so I was thinking about just painting my hand gold and mm. then I was talking to some other cosplayers that have done similar things like that and it just gets everywhere. Um, so we're actually going to life cast my hand and then build up on it and then recast that. And so it'll be essentially a very stiff glove that I'm wearing. Um, cause the thing is, I was going to say, yeah, the way that they do it on the show is his hands like, you know, the typical way you would put on a pirate hook. It's actually going, it's actually his hands under there and then they, they put a, a harness on top of it and then it's his hand. And they, the way that you don't notice that his hands are different or his arms are different lengths is that they, cut the sleeves of his I don't know what the technical term for that coat is but his riding coat mm-hmm. um, they cut the sleeves differently mm-hmm. so one one sleeve is much much longer than the other and it hides the fact that his that his arms are different lengths huh. but um, yeah so uh, but I don't want to do that and so we're gonna actually so my hand is actually gonna slip inside inside this cast but um, yeah it actually works out because he's the hand that he loses is his right hand, and while he's right-handed, I'm left-handed. Uh-huh. So I'll right. still be able to function with a with a hand that's not uh, that's not um, functional. Um, but yeah, so we are making that armor out of. Um, we're going to sculpt it and then mold it and then cast it in fiberglass, mm-hmm. um, which is not the cheapest way we could have gone about that. No. But um, in molding it, at least if something were to happen to it, mm-hmm. um, we could easily reproduce it. You know, mm-hmm. within a day, we could make another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it's like, or, you know, God forbid it got stolen or something like that. Um, then um, then we could easily reproduce it. So, um, but the one thing that's, that's nice about that costume is that he actually wears less armor in that season than he does in any of the previous ones Mm -hmm. um because he because of that hand of his Mm -hmm. um he doesn't wear gloves he doesn't wear arm guards Mm -hmm. which he previously wore um no shin guards either he just wears cloth boots Mm -hmm. um so while the breastplate is more intricate than the previous breastplate by a lot 
um, it's he actually wears less armor, so it's going to be a little more trade off. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. going to be a little more comfortable. We're going to fake the back too, since he does wear a full size cape, like Darth Vader style, like, well, except for it's white. Um, and so we're hoping that uh, that the the cape will drape in a way that you won't be able to notice. We're going to kind of half kind of half uh, curl it around mm-hmm. so that it's not going to go. It's going to save us a lot of money in fiberglass and molding. And, uh, as you should, and yeah. it's going to be lighter. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and I'm also like the, he wears, so like the, the, um, the riding coat that you see him wearing when mm-hmm. he's not wearing armor, mm-hmm. he's still wearing it under that armor. So he's got a full leather riding coat underneath that armor. And so I'm trying to make it as light as and airy as possible because mm. I know that I'm still going to be wearing that gigantic white riding coat mm. underneath it. Mm. Where practicality meets accuracy, something's going to give. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Or you just got to suffer through it. Or you suffer through Beauty it. Beauty is pain. Yes, that's um, true. That got we, were at, uh, we were at Disneyland yesterday and... Uh, I was wearing the full tenant with the Rick's uh, coat mm-hmm. over it, and right. I was really suffering. But I was, we were getting, a, like, we get a lot of positive reaction at Disneyland, but we got an insane amount of positive reaction for whatever reason um, last night, because mm-hmm. Heather's, I think it's because he- Heather debuted um, her uh, New Earth Rose, Rose mm-hmm. which is one of the more recognizable. Yeah. Normally she does Journey's End. Which is cool, um, but um, but it's not as easily recognizable. Normally, yeah. when we're together at like Disneyland or something like that, um, and she's wearing the the um, the Journey's End rose, they'll notice me and like ask to take a picture or whatever. I'll be like, "Oh, do you want my rose?" Like I have to lead them into noticing her. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the New Earth rose, they recognize her immediately. So, hmm, hmm, very cool. I could see that. But uh, I was suffering. It was brutal. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, having worn that coat, beautiful coat, but uh, heavier than you'd expect. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one tangent before we start to wrap up. Sure. Uh, you, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, um, this is something that I really should do more of a, a dedicated episode on, but... Um, Achieving a certain weight for costumes for a convention, a con dieting, basically. How do you approach that? Um, okay, so it's not that, because I'm obviously not David Tennant sized. Like, I'm not these, naturally, I'm not the size of practically any character that I cosplay. I'm pretty close to, um, to Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. But, um, and we have similar bone structure and stuff but in fact the reason why i decided to put together a jack harkness at all is because people were telling me that i looked like enough like him that i should pursue the costume yeah you um, a good job. and so uh, but um so it's not about like it's not about because i diet for conventions too but it's not because i'm trying to achieve a certain look it's that i'm trying to fit back into my costumes mm-hmm. because like in convention season um you know i i do try to get I, I try to get thinner, and that's when I had all the most of these costumes made. Right. And so I just need to make sure that I fit them. And so you won't see me going down too far either, because then I'll not fit my costumes the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be too thin. Um, in fact, I'm almost getting there right now. Like tonight, I was in the bathroom, and my uh, wedding ring fell off my hand into the toilet, which was Ooh. awesome. But fortunately, not way down the toilet. Right, I was right. able to grab it. But um, 
But yeah, so uh, I'm certainly much, much thinner than I was when I was married, um, which is okay because I was pretty heavy when we got married. Uh-huh. But um, but yeah, it's not that I'm trying to, I don't lose weight to, um, I don't lose weight to achieve a certain look. I lose weight to make sure I fit my costumes. Um, Still in the ballpark. Because especially, especially if I um, paid a lot of money for them, which I do, mm. it really upsets me if I don't fit my costume. So, mm-hmm. so honestly, my costuming keeps me kind of naturally in a specific weight range. Because, um, like, and especially because, like, I'll I'll wear it. Like, I mentioned that I wear my tenant jacket a lot, mm-hmm. and so, and that's probably one of the tightest fitting pieces I have mm-hmm. is my tenant jacket. So, if I start to not fit my tenant jacket, not only is that one of my primary cosplays, I play I cosplay tenant a lot. Um, but if I start to not fit that jacket, then that's like, oh, it looks like I need to like slim down a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's not. That's your barometer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, now I know you do the smoothie thing. Do you have an exercise regimen to go with the smoothie diet? I just run a lot. So I have tendonitis in my feet, Mm -hmm. so I can't like run on the street, but Mm -hmm. I have a, um, I, I realized that pretty early on and, uh, and went and bought out like a, a gym quality elliptical machine. Mm -hmm. Like I had like the. This, my gym actually has the exact same elliptical machine as, as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, so I do run on the elliptical a lot because it's no impact and I can handle that. Um, but like I can't get, like I could run, you know, 10 miles on the elliptical machine. I can't get like two blocks on the street because my feet just won't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the impact is very key for me. Um, so um, yeah, and I don't, I don't try, I'm not like, a lifter. I don't try to get muscly, mm-hmm. um, but I I do like to again fit my costumes. So um, so I just do a lot of cardio. Sure, sure. No, nope, makes sense. I've been doing a swimming regimen. Actually, it's been helping me a lot. I have me, a deathly so. fear of water, and I have bad ears. Um, in <laughs> so in um, <laughs> whatever in, works. Whatever no, no, no. Works. So in in high school. So when I was a little kid, I mentioned how sick I was when I was a kid, and I had tubes in my ears, mm-hmm. and those fell out, and the eardrums healed up. But in high school, one of them ruptured. Ooh. So. Like to the point where, like, I went to my doctor and they're like, hey, you know, you have a pinhole in your eardrum? And, and I'm like, no. And he's like, well, you know, it's not a big deal. We'll keep an eye on it. And if it gets any worse, then, then we'll worry about it. So within, like, a month period of, like, me starting to have, like, dizzy spells and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I went back into the doctor. And in that month, it had gone from a pinhole to the size of a dime, which mm-hmm. is, like, 90% of my eardrum or, like, mm-hmm. more of my eardrum. Jeez. So, yeah. So my right eardrum is actually not original. It's a graft. Um, so anything that affects my ears, such as swimming uh, or flying uh, or anything like that, I have to be careful or uh, at least aware. So, and I also, again, have a deathly fear of water, but the, uh, the ears are a much better excuse. Works both ways. Yeah. Wow. Well, at least you found something that works. That's, that's the important <laughs> thing. That's the important thing. Um, what is your number one tip to beginners in cosplay? Um... That you cosplay to the level that you are comfortable with. And I think, because I think if, if people do try to, like, I started pretty high end. And, in, and you know, I'm, I'm blessed to, you know, have, you know, knock on wood, have, you know, solid employment and a career that I've been in for quite some time. Um, and so, like, I happen to be blessed to be, have been able to kind of jump into the deep end of the high end quality cosplay. But, mm-hmm. like, I feel like, people look at some of the high-end cosplayers and go like, well, I can't afford that or I can't achieve that, so I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so I, but you can't, you can, you can be a very successful air quotes, um, uh, cosplayer. You can, you can have, you can put out costuming that is really good and not have to be like the level that like you and I or you know that, that you know like you don't have to have Steve Rick's coats mm-hmm. you don't have to like again you can go to the thrift store and have perfectly passable recognizable Matt Smith's you know you you can you can successfully cosplay at whatever level you're comfortable with mm-hmm. and so maybe to get the look that you want you might have to put in a little more elbow grease you know if you're not willing to you know if you have to tailor your own stuff mm-hmm. you know um or but but like i just i I, w- I would hate to think that people would look at some higher end cosplayers or god the people who are way higher end than you or i mm-hmm. that 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 echelon out there, you know that's out there too you know where like um and uh i would hate for them to look at those cosplayers and have that turn them off of cosplay because they can't achieve that mm-hmm. so I, I you know i i wouldn't i would discourage people from um you know, using the high end and not being able to immediately achieve like your high end cosplaying goals, um, as a means for you to, as an excuse for you not to cosplay at all. Um, don't, don't be scared to dive in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and don't, don't have, you know, so maybe, uh, you know, the high end cosplay can be, you know, the $1,500 plus, pieces or whatever can be your end goal but and that can still be a goal but like but don't necessarily you can still cosplay and not have have to like immediately hit that mm. you know that can be something you work for and honestly you'll probably appreciate it more mm. um when you have to work for it yeah. um than if then if you just you know that was the, you know, it's like, oh, I bought some crazy screen accurate costume and one lump sum for, you know, a couple thousand dollars and, you know, instant cosplay. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like if it's something that you have to work for, mm-hmm. that you'll appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, again, you can, I mean, I've, if you put in, you know, the effort, people will recognize that. You know, I've seen some really creative costumes, not necessarily Doctor Who, but like I've seen some really really creative cosplays made out of practically garbage, you know, like just found object or, you know, paper mache or, um, you know, people do so much with foam now for, you know, yeah, relatively no. cheaply. Very true. Um, and so it doesn't necessarily, you know, if you're willing to put in the work, you don't necessarily, you can still achieve fantastic results and not have to put in, you know, the high end. Uh, the cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all a matter of starting uh, where you're comfortable, where your skill set is, and uh, and picking a character that maybe isn't a full suit of armor right away. Yeah, <laughs> your first, as your first, yeah, no, Jamie Lannister is first out, of, first out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, uh, where can people find you online? Um, well, Galloplay.com will actually uh, direct you to our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, so so on Facebook. Um, Facebook.com slash Galloplay is the easiest place to find Heather and I. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also part of a costuming group called the Order of Gallifrey. Um, we're also pretty pretty social um, on there. And I'm also a member of Gallifrey base. Um, I check that pretty often, too. So if you send me a message, then I'm, I'm available. 
Are you on uh, Twitter or Instagram or any of the above? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter. It's uh, uh, at Archon Turtle, but it's A-R-C-H-O-N underscore Turtle. Okay. Um, but um, I am mostly on Twitter in order to take advantage of promotional stuff that, that companies do on Twitter. They, mm-hmm. they, like, they'll put the stuff out only on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not terribly, terribly social on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just difficult to track. And like the 140 characters, I mean, call me old fashioned, but Facebook does almost everything I needed to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I also have a, a, you know, personal Facebook account. If you find me, Stephanie Reese, I'm one of the only ones. Um, so, uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Very cool. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, I really enjoyed this. I, uh, I like, uh, God, we've been here for a while, huh? Thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Please have me back. Uh, always, yes. Keep me posted on the latest uh, conventions and costumes. And sure. everyone else, we will be back next week with more Shop Talk here on Costume Station Zero. Bye.